Hey, welcome to Humboldt Last Week. My name is Miles Cochran. Thanks for being here. This is a way to listen to highlights from Humboldt's last seven days of news while you do stuff when you're driving, exercising, walking, working, having a meal, anytime. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it whenever you tell friends or family to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or however else you get podcasts. Remember, the one-stop shop to connect and listen is HumboldtLastWeek.com. Thanks so much to the sponsors this week. That is the Jitterbean Coffee Company, celebrating 20 years of being a family-owned company in Humboldt County. Go and visit any of their six locations in Arcata, Eureka, or Fortuna, your locally roasted, community-minded coffee shop, Jitterbean, on your way to a better day. Also, Bongo Boy, where many of Humboldt's finest musicians have come to record for the last 15 years. They also manufacture CDs and DVDs for artists, organizations, and filmmakers right here in Humboldt County. Give them a call, 839-5090, or visit their website, bongoboystudio.com. And finally, Los Bagels. Since 1984, Los Bagels has been pleasing the world's taste buds with boiled and baked organic bagels, cucumber, bacon scram, whatever your flavor, they have it for you. Or ship bagels to yourself or friends at losbagels.com. Let's begin even more on this alleged murder with a truck in Shelter Cove in early May. According to Loco, defense attorneys are saying if this was intentional, why was the likely point of impact in the middle of the road and not on the side of the road? Reportedly, the suspect told an officer he did not try to hit the victim, and he said he tried to help him afterward. A neighbor who said he heard the collision told an officer the suspect said, quote, We need to move him. Let's load him in the back of my truck. A co-worker of the suspect reportedly told police he repeatedly said he wanted to kill his neighbors for stealing his stuff, and the suspect's daughter told an officer her dad asked her not to call the police. The investigator who did the victim's autopsy said he died from multiple impact injuries. In 2013, the suspect was arrested for allegedly using the same truck to hit someone, but charges were never filed, and it does not look like that'll be used as evidence. After the preliminary hearing, the judge decided there was enough evidence to go to trial. They'll probably set a court date June 8th. Two women intertubing on the Eel River found a body near Garberville. I saw the updates on redheaded black belt that the sheriff's office did not expect foul play, and they said it looked like he fell. He was a 44-year-old from Massachusetts. A guy was stabbed in the Las Coast Brewery parking lot in Eureka. I read Channel 3 reported the suspect took off in a Jeep with Arizona plates. A woman from Eureka was arrested for allegedly stabbing her significant other with a kitchen knife. The guy did not have life-threatening injuries, and he was taken to the hospital. The sheriff's office says at a business in Hoopa, a good guy with a lot of strength took a robber to the ground and took his realistic BB gun away from him. Suspect, who was wearing a mask, took off on a bicycle. Cheers to the Good Samaritan, who helped out. The cops in Eureka helped arrest a murder suspect out of Maryland. I saw on North Coast News it was reported this guy booked it out of the back door of a residence, and then later officers, including the U.S. Marshals, found him at the bus station in Arcata. Two guys from Arcata are going to prison after shooting a gun at a house last summer. According to Loco, the cops found guns, bulletproof vests, and meth in their car. During interviews, officers determined they had conspired to murder a guy. They took a plea deal, and one got less time than the other because he testified against his accomplice. One got 13 years, the other 7. 
A guy from Eureka is going to prison for eight years after punching a 76-year-old woman. The victim is the owner of the Stuffed Potato European restaurant in Eureka. She asked this guy to leave the bistro, and he socked her, breaking her nose and knocking her to the ground. Wow. Not surprisingly, the guy was already on probation at that time. The mom from Fortuna, who's accused of drunk driving and killing two teenage girls, one of which her own daughter, will likely now schedule a trial date on June 13th. Originally, she was looking at two counts of vehicular manslaughter, fleeing the scene, harming multiple victims, and drunk driving causing injury or death. According to Loco, they added on felony hit and run, as well as inflicting injuries causing a coma. Again, two 14-year-old girls tragically lost their lives. An inmate firefighter died after a tree fell while his crew was trying to contain a blaze in Hoopa. Matthew Beck was serving six years for burglary. The San Francisco Chronicle reported he's the fourth inmate firefighter to die on a fire line since the conservation camp program was established back in the 40s. An investigation that started way out east led to a marijuana raid that included water diversion and other environmental concerns. I saw that on Redheaded Black Belt. Officers said at these illegal grows at a house in McKinleyville and a rural piece of property, they found 200 pounds of processed weed, 170 grand in cash, well over 5,000 plants, and those environmental issues, among other things. This all started with a 400-pound traffic stop over in Illinois a year and a half ago. You remember hearing about that billionaire who tried and failed to shut down three nursing facilities in Eureka? It would have forced tons of people out of the community, really screwing up elder care here, but he only ended up closing one. Well, now this guy Shlomo Rechnitz and his affiliates are being sued for allegedly understaffing Seaview in Eureka, causing the death of a man. I read the North Coast Journal article. Last week, he tried and failed to move the trial out of Humboldt, saying negative news would taint the jury. The case will stay in Humboldt, and the next hearing is in September. The hospitals in Eureka and Fortuna were given awards based on surveys. These Excellence in Healthcare awards seem to suggest both hospitals have good nurses and good service in general. Well, it was over three months ago when the El Pueblo market burned down along Broadway in Eureka. The fire department told the Times Standard the exact cause of the fire is still not known, and it appeared suspicious. They're hoping someone will say something. The owner of the market has proposed building a new one with a lease space and a taqueria. So now we have the El Pueb lowdown on that. The Samoa Drag Strip is back in action. Had to get this correction from my producer. The Samoa Drag Strip apparently does not have anything to do with cross-dressing. Who am I kidding? I don't have a producer. From this article in the Times Standard, I've learned the Drag Strip is not actually about going fast and turning left, but rather going fast and going straight. In all seriousness, this is kind of cool. The Samoa Drag Strip is next to that old airport runway that used to be a military blimp base. It was built all the way back in 1955, and anyone off the street can show up and race their cars on certain Saturdays as long as they sign a waiver. The county health department is saying, watch out for the tick. The insect, not the superhero. It's tick season, and you definitely don't want Lyme disease, which kind of sounds like a fun illness where you magically produce citrusy fruits from your pores, but I'm told it's definitely not that and not fun at all. Watch out for ticks and high grass. Use repellents. Remove them from your body immediately. Take a shower as soon as you can when you come into contact with them, and always examine your gear and pets for them, or you'll tick the health department off. So there's an entire subreddit dedicated to cheese, and our very own humble Fog got a ton of upvotes last week. The top comment, I once had to give my dog some pills and didn't have peanut butter on hand. Lucky fucker got humble Fog and didn't even appreciate it. <laughs> 
Looks like another vehicle was sucked into the ocean at the beach. Only in Humboldt had the picture of this older Ford Bronco that could not escape. Broncos are not good escape vehicles. Just ask OJ. A C-list actor is trying to get in on that humble weed money, Bo Linton, who some remember from the soap opera General Hospital, has plans for a big marijuana facility just outside of Fortuna. A lot of city officials and community members are generally not pleased, General Hospital or not. I don't want that evil reefer to ruin the friendly city. Someone was shining a red laser at the sky around the airport, which you probably know if you get busted doing, you'll be completely screwed. It's a federal crime. Cops responded, but did not arrest anyone. I doubt that was the result of someone doing a PowerPoint presentation, but with really bad aim, as you can see from my next slide. And now that plane is crashing. Movies in the Park is back at Sequoia Park in Eureka. First up, E.T. This is happening Saturdays once a month through August. They'll also play Star Wars, Rogue One, Moana, and The NeverEnding Story. When you go, you can compare the experience to the Onion headline, quote, Outdoor movie guest excited to watch barely audible film while sitting on tree root. In all seriousness, it sounds fun. I'll post a link to the schedule at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Well, the fight over 420 at Redwood Park in Arcata is apparently still a thing. I saw in the Times Standard that a federal appeals court ruled this case is alive again. This guy was partially saying preventing celebrations at the park on 420 violated his First Amendment rights. We'll see if this fires things up again on the April marijuana holiday in the future at the park there. The superintendent of the Peninsula Union School District out of Samoa came out as transgender. Loco reported that Lark Doolin is publicly transitioning from female to male, possibly making him the first openly trans school administrator in Humboldt County. Principal Doolin before transitioning and Principal Doolin after transitioning, he said this about possible negative reactions and discrimination, quote, We're fortunate to live during a time where we have so many resources available for learning and educating ourselves so we can approach these matters from a kind and compassionate place of understanding rather than fear or ignorance. The uh, inspiration behind the Hillary Swank movie Freedom Riders spoke to Ferndale High School. Erin Gruel is a teacher who helped her racially divided class overcome adversity fueled by the power of writing. An inspired student named Genevieve partially told Channel 3, quote, Today has enabled me to look up to her as the type of teacher I want to be one day. So the library in Eureka says they're coming up short in funding, and at the same time they're having to deal with more and more crime, drugs, and homelessness issues at their scenic location by the bay. Here's part of the Loco article talking about the library incident log, quote, An employee found nearly three dozen syringes scattered under a bush in the parking lot. Two days later, a note came in with some book returns saying, Sorry these are late, there were people lurking out front and I was alone and uneasy. Basically, the library says they're in debt, understaffed, and they need better security. Solutions range from taxes to more county budget money or renting out space to other county departments. Before we jump into the main story this week, let's talk about Humboldt next week. Things to do coming up. Of course, there's all the Kinetic and Memorial Day events, 27th through the 29th. Tuesday the 30th, stand-up comedy at the Jambalaya in Arcata starts at 9 Wednesday the 31st, Sci-Fi Pint and Pizza Night, the Arcata Theater Lounge featuring Space Hunter from 1983, starts at 6. Thursday, June 1st, Pacifier at Humbrew. Reggae Rock out of Georgia, doors at 9.30. Friday, June 2nd, Alba Rosie at Blue Lake Casino. Dibbly, 
Italian Jamaican Roots Reggae starts at 9. Also Friday, June 2nd, the first Crabs game of the season at the ballpark in Arcata. Baseball starts at 7. And further out, Saturday, June 3rd, and Sunday, June 4th, Summer Arts and Music Fest down in Benbow with more than 70 bands, dance troops, and kids entertainers. All right, let's take a look at the final story this week. Did you see the video of that middle school girl in Eureka yanking another girl down by her hair, slamming her down on the cement? Oh, shit! To me, this was a complete cheap shot, and the girl that did it is just smiling. This girl who was pulled down had to go to the hospital. Then, of course, you can kind of tell it was planned out, because why else would there be perfect footage of it? Victim spoke to North Coast News. She said she was waiting to be picked up from school on a Friday. This was not the first time she'd been bullied. She heard that the pull-down was a dare or a prank. But a lot of people definitely did not find this funny. Video's awful. It went viral and humble on social media. There was just a gushing amount of outrage. And sadness. This is the kind of bullying that happens everywhere. So much. I'm a dad and I wonder, what will my girl be up against out there? Really, what's anyone up against out there? The Eureka Police Department is investigating this as an assault, and they say all violence in our society is unacceptable. Zane Middle School also says they're taking this seriously. I saw on Channel 3 they took disciplinary action, not only for the possible assault, but also for planning out the recording of it. The case has been forwarded to the district attorney's office, and... To top it off, that wasn't the only potential bullying incident that was talked about last week. Kim Kemp reported a 14-year-old boy was allegedly assaulted by a slightly older student while on lunch break from Fortuna High School. Check it out, some of the facts at dosomething.org. They say 3.2 million kids are bullied each year in the U.S. They also say 90% of kids from 4th to 8th grade have been bullied at some point. Have you heard of the movie Bully? It was an award-winning documentary that came out about five years ago that ended up even making it into theaters. Of course, it examines this deeply. There's a lot of awful things that happen to kids that are bullied, lifelong mental health issues, bad grades, social problems. And this movie, Bully, really highlighted arguably the worst thing that can happen. They said he's a geek. Some kids have told him that he's worthless to go hang himself. And I think he got to the point where enough was enough. Tonight, a tragic situation. A Perkins boy, just 11 years old, believed to have been desperate enough to take his own life. This is a, an awfully complicated and difficult issue. Kids will be kids, boys will be boys. They're just cruel at this age. Here, what we get is nothing's wrong. We didn't do anything. Everything's fine. They punch me, strangle me, take things from me, sit on me. He's not safe on that bus. I've been on that bus. They are just as good as gold. That trailer audio, courtesy of the Weinstein Company, those that are bullied are up to 9% more likely to consider suicide, according to a study by Yale University. We all have a bullying story. Whether we were victims, or we saw it happening, or maybe we even were bullies. So I wanted to look deeply at how bullies affect us here in Humboldt County. What I decided to do is reach out to some of the most impactful people that live here, some community leaders, and just talk about it. I think as you reflect back on everyone's childhood, I think you can, when you talk about a bully, some person comes into mind. This is Humboldt County Sheriff Billy Hansel. For me, you know, in elementary school and junior high, there was, 
you know, one or two people that stood out and it just always made you feel uncomfortable and, um, and then just picked on you. If you had something wrong with you or you weren't good at something, that person would make you feel it. And uh, it was not something that I enjoyed, and I didn't like him doing that to others. I was threatened in school, you know, I'm going to meet you after, you know, school or at the bus stop. And, boy, I was terrified, you know. I didn't end up riding home on the bus. I ended up walking home from school and just kind of running and taking a backwards path I normally take to get home so I didn't see this older bully. I didn't feel comfortable telling my parents at the time, uh, even though I had a good relationship with my parents. Humboldt County Supervisor Virginia Bass also saw bullying in her childhood. I remember in my elementary school, there were two sisters that used to seriously drag kids behind the kindergarten area and beat them up. And these were two girls. I still remember their names. I always steered very clear of them. I probably had some, you know, taunting and things like that, you know, because I was a band geek. That still sticks with me today that somehow there's something wrong with me because I was a good student in the, I played music in the band. Or how about Betty Chin? So many people in the Humboldt community adore her for working to get our homeless population back on the right track. She's even been given a medal by a president of the United States. But to this day, she still has memories of bullying that scar her. When I was young, I lived on the street, and not because I'm poor, because of political reasons. I hurt by the school kids because they against my family, because of my family's belief. So they call me name, I'm a child of the devil, and they hit me, and then pull the rock at me, and spat at me. In one point, really get physical and psychological hurting. Some I remember, some I don't remember. When they call me a child of the devil, means you are really unlucky. I still scared. When I hold a baby, somebody had a newborn baby say, oh, baby, going to see my baby. I scared to hold a baby because I believe I'm an unlucky person. If I touch the baby, the baby would hurt. So that kind of bully in that time to me is still stuck on me. Every time I see somebody hurting somebody, like I used to walk to the school, and my scar is hurting. I still carry a lot of scar, physical scar on my leg, on my arm, on my hand, but I would still feel the pain on myself. And HSU President Lisa Rossbacher was deeply moved last week, talking with close friends that carry these experiences around with them. I have heard a lot of stories from really close friends who were very much affected by bullying when they were young. It's interesting hearing their stories as adults and knowing them now. It's kind of hard to believe because they are warm and generous and in some cases very tall. But they were bullied when they were little. and It was for things they had no control over. It was because they were shorter than their classmates or because of the part of town they lived in or because they had only one parent at home or maybe none. It's just appalling to think of how people treat each other, and especially young people, making judgments and really discriminating against them based on factors that were not their own choices. And really, the only Humboldt local who's not notable to share an experience with bullying in this podcast will be myself. You know, I was talking with my girlfriend. You know, once I passed a certain age, yeah, definitely nobody screwed with me. But earlier on, I was bullied. I was playing football when I was in uh, maybe third grade. It was back when WrestleMania was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And this older kid picked me up and tombstoned me 
dropped me on my head, slammed me by my head, Jesus. like holding me upside down. My neck really hurt a lot. But uh, what really hurt was just the fact that my friends watched it and they didn't do anything. It takes such a mental toll, not just a physical toll. As we get to high school, you know, I kind of took after my dad in this law enforcement profession, and I started actually intervening with some of those situations. When someone picked on someone else, I'd intervene and say something and know that that person wasn't alone. And I think that's important. That's the culture that needs to get out there is that, you know, as someone gets picked on, that other people start surrounding them and say, you know, this is not right. This is not okay. And I think that has to be encouraged from the staff, the school, as well as home. I want to encourage parents to have a relationship with their children so they can actually have that kind of personal conversation when they feel picked on or bullied that kids could tell their parents and that the parents could have the conversation with the educators at school so something can be done about it. The worst thing that can happen is nothing being said, and then the kid just continues to go through this kind of scrutiny at school, and it doesn't make education rewarding. And you'll find that kids don't want to go to school and don't want to learn, and they're avoiding some of those conflicts. So I just think it's important. Number one, having good conversations with your children so if they are in trouble, they can talk with you. And two, create some kind of an environment at school that, you know, we protect people. We surround people that are getting bullied. If we see something happen, that we say something to the educator so they can intervene. Do you realize, you know, the negative impact that has on that person? Do you know how much they could be hurt? You know, I, I think it's just, you know, reminding kids that they need to be sensitive to what they do to other people. Maybe there could be a community week, you know, or something where we get everyone to kind of address the situation in one way or the other. Something else um, Vanessa, our new librarian, has been willing to look at is there's some communities that have like a community book. And what happens is they use it as an opportunity to engage the community. There's a book that's picked and, you know, the deal is to get many people in the community to read the book. And then they can come together and kind of talk about it eventually, but it could be on the subject of bullying. When they cannot see the side that their own kid denied people, other kids had the advice to kids, advice to children, do not hurt kids. You hit me, I have scars, and I can hear go on. When somebody says something bully you, and you're stuck in your heart, you cannot get them out. This is the worst. A psychological bully is worse than the physical. The people bully people use the language to hurt you as deep as they could. The other thing that has really made an impression on me is how enduring those stories of bullying are, how vivid those recollections are. 40, 50, 60 years later, the way in which people talk about their experiences when they were young is really profound to me in terms of the long-lasting, really permanent negative effect. So everything we can do to talk to young people and especially encourage parents to talk to their children about respect, about valuing differences, about not judging people based on their characteristics, it's just so important. And it's also a matter of modeling appropriate behavior. And that behavior is respect, 
It's the classic golden rule, treat other people the way you would like to be treated. It's one of our priorities as the sheriff's office is to... uh you know, to investigate child complaints, child abuse complaints, and these juvenile matters. And juvenile cases, criminal cases, are actually easier to prove in court than adult cases. And the best thing we can do is write criminal cases to get these people in the system because the idea in the juvenile justice system is not incarceration, it's rehabilitation. So if people are afraid to report because these kids might spend time in juvenile hall, Juvenile Hall is for the worst, the worst. There are danger out in public, you know, violence danger. But most of the kids just need time to get into therapy, get into some kind of uh, counseling or get into some kind of a program, anger management. And probation has all of those things. And so that's what's the best thing about the juvenile justice system, how it's evolved over the last 20 years. You know, there's no more real California Youth Authority where we send kids to prison. That's the worst thing we can do. Let's keep them local, try and rehabilitate them, and if they're really, really bad, and there are some that are really, really bad, then those, the worst, the worst, get sent off and have to go into, like, the juvenile prison system. But that's more the rarity than the rule anymore. Again, I want to thank Humboldt County Sheriff Billy Hansel, Humboldt County Supervisor Virginia Bass, philanthropist Betty Chin, and HSU President Lisa Rossbacher for contributing to the podcast. And I want to thank you for listening. What do you think? If you have ideas about what our community should be doing about bullying, or you have a bullying story of your own, don't hesitate to comment, whether at HumboldtLastWeek.com or KimKemp.com on the Facebook. Let me know. Maybe we'll talk about your stories in the podcast next week. So again, thank you for listening. Thanks to Bongo Boy Studio, Los Bagels, and the Jitterbean Coffee Company for sponsoring this episode. If you have any thoughts or ideas, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Definitely always looking for story ideas. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Humble. Last week.